Fantasy Sports Radio Network News Update. In the NFL, speaking on the Dan Patrick Show, ESPN's Adam Schefter said the Browns were, quote, not interested in trading Brock Osweiler to the Dolphins. More Dolphins news, Andy Slater of WINZ reports Jarvis Landry is under investigation for battery. In Major League Baseball, the Angels' Yunel Escobar exited Sunday's game against the Athletics with a right intercoastal strain. Escobar was scheduled for an MRI on Monday morning. John Rossi of MLB.com reports that the Tigers and Astros have been in touch this month regarding a possible Justin Verlander trade. In the NBA, Isaiah Thomas said that he should be ready for training camp. He's coming back from a hip injury. And in NASCAR, Casey Kane won't return to Hendrick Motorsports in 2018 as the organization will release him a year before his contract ends. Stay tuned for more Fantasy Sports Radio Network news updates throughout the day. Hunter Henry, Sterling Shepard, Michael Thomas. These three NFL sophomores are not due to slump. They're due to break out, just like the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. In year two, things are only getting better. Make sure to listen live and download the app, FNTSY Radio. It's free and it's 24-7. The best fantasy sports content is on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Have you ever wanted to have a fantasy expert in the palm of your hand? Or better yet, in the pocket of your khakis? Well, check it out. Now you can. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Download it now to your phone. We promise no weird viruses, no strange tracking things. Just 24 hours a day, seven days a week of pure fantasy knowledge dropping all over your head. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Stop being a weirdo and streaming it online. Get it on your phone. Take it with you everywhere you go. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Ladies and gentlemen, your attention please. Now batting for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, Fan Rock Fantasy Baseball, the host, Al Melchior. Fan Rock Fantasy Baseball. Welcome everybody. Happy Monday. Happy Fantasy Week 19. Wow, wow, wow. We're really getting down to the home stretch now. Uh, you are listening to FanRag Fantasy Baseball. I'm Al Melchior, your host of the show. And I do have a special guest today. Uh, very, very excited to welcome uh, Aaron Dolan to the show uh, later on, a little bit down the line. Uh, talk to her about uh, the Sean Doolittle trade. And if you don't know, Aaron Dolan's fiance is Sean Dolan. Uh, but uh, absolutely that should be absolutely fascinating conversation. Really looking forward to that. Uh, but uh, I know you got lineups to work on. We've got a 7 Eastern first pitch. So you got a little bit of time. Uh, so you got some time to, to take in some of the latest news. Uh, Cameron Maven may be returning as soon as today. He's been out with an MCL sprain. Uh, he's been on rehab assignment. But I would say unless you see something to the contrary, uh, I would expect that uh, Maven will be activated, and I would think in the Angels lineup today. In fact, I saw a story that said that uh, he will just be flat out taking over uh, Ben Revere's spot in the Angels outfield. So it's not going to be a timeshare or anything like that. Uh, Maven's going to be returning as a regular, and again, possibly as soon as today. Uh, Matt Shoemaker is sticking with the uh, Angels news here. 
uh, is going to undergo surgery on Tuesday to release the radial nerve in his right forearm. So that'll be season-ending surgery for Matt Shoemaker. Miguel Sano had an MRI and CT scan today. They came up negative, so he is day-to-day. I would think especially in shallow leagues and maybe even in the standard mixed leagues, that's going to make Sano still a little bit dicey for this week. But good news, it would certainly sound to me like he's going to avoid a, a DL stint. So, uh, And if you've got daily lineup leagues, maybe you can use Sano for the, the bulk of this week. Uh, on the whole, I would say that's a good development. And also, Domingo Santana, during the Sunday show, that uh, Brewers game was in progress where Santana got hit by a pitch uh, and was uh, pretty quickly determined that was just a contusion for uh, Santana. So also good news, he told reporters after the game yesterday he hopes to be back in the lineup today. So that would be very, very awesome. Um, Again, hard to really count on things until you see them in a lineup, but I'm leaning towards uh, starting Santana this week, but I'm definitely keeping my eye on the lineups. We have none of them in yet. All night games tonight, of course. Uh, Seven of them uh, so Brewers do play tonight against the Twins in Minneapolis. So if that uh, comes up during this hour, you better believe I will keep you updated on that. So more news to come. Don't go anywhere. A few more players you may be wondering about for Week 19. I'll get to them. And uh, a lot of other neat stuff to get to. So uh, stick around. Be right back. Shepard, Michael Thomas. These three NFL sophomores are not due to slump. They're due to break out, just like the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. In year two, things are only getting better. Make sure to listen live and download the app, FNTSY Radio. It's free and it's 24-7. The best fantasy sports content is on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Welcome back, everybody. You are listening to FanRag Fantasy Baseball. I'm Al Melchior, your host. And uh, as I mentioned, we've got a few injury updates. That would probably be of interest, at least some of you, as you're getting ready to set your Week 19 lineup. So I'm going to get right to it. A couple of updates from the Red Sox. Uh, Hanley Ramirez is not expected to go on the disabled list. He has been day-to-day with an oblique injury. So uh, that's another one when... uh, Well, let's see. I'm going to double check and just make sure uh, there is no Red Sox game tonight. So you're not going to get a hint that way. But it does sound hopeful that uh, Hanley Ramirez is going to be able to play uh, much of the schedule this week. Although, do bear in mind that uh, the Red Sox do have a five-game week this week. So that unto itself could be uh, a decider or a a tiebreaker for you. Uh, Dustin Pedroia? also uh, related there, Uh, he may be activated for Tuesday's game. And again, you just may not want to use them because of the five-day week, but looks like uh, he'll be ready for the beginning of it in any event. The uh, Cubs, or excuse me, 
the Tigers. I gotta get myself up to date here. The Tigers are going to recall Heimer Condelario uh, today uh, to take the place of Jose Iglesias, who is placed on the bereavement list. Of course, Condelario just recently acquired from the Cubs, um, so this would be his Tigers debut whenever he uh, does play. Uh, I would guess that this could be a short-term thing. He hadn't been exactly tearing it up in his short time at AAA Toledo. Um, I don't see him supplanting Nicholas Castellanos at third base. Maybe he just, in the short term, serves as a utility player. But nonetheless, he'll be up, and you can uh, see how that develops. Maybe uh, he has a more expanded role than what I am foreseeing. And speaking of the Tigers, they have been in touch with the Astros uh, since the July 31th pre-waiver trade deadline uh, regarding a Justin Verlander trade. So that apparently is still on the table, that report from Fox Sports' John Morosi. And also yesterday, Yunel Escobar left early with the right intercostal strain. He was scheduled uh, this morning to have an MRI. I have not seen anything yet about the results of that. Angels do play tonight. They've got a 707 Pacific start at Angel Stadium against Dylan Bundy and the Baltimore Orioles. J.C. Ramirez going in that one. So uh, I will add that to the list of updates I can pass along, although I'm sure that that lineup won't be in by the end of this hour, being the late game that it is. Uh, all right, well, uh, let's take a look back at yesterday's standout performances. A few of them I got to uh, break down a little bit in real time. Uh, that's the the wonderfulness of the Sunday show being not only two hours long, but right in the smack middle of uh, a lot of the Sunday afternoon games. Uh, but a lot of things that didn't develop until later. So uh, plenty to talk about here. And certainly starting things off with the two-homer game from Wilson Contreras. He now has 21 homers on the season and uh, he has just been absolutely on a tear since the all-star break and really just putting to bed any questions about whether or not his rookie season was maybe a little bit fluky uh, because the, the first half was was fine uh, not really up to the expectations I had for Contreras coming into this year but really uh, to say the least has come around and uh, re-established himself if if we were needing to see that. I'm not sure that's a fair statement, but I uh, could say he's reestablished himself uh, among the elite. The other uh, player to go yard twice yesterday was Chris Young. Hit his sixth and seventh homers of the season as part of a three-for-four effort. Uh, the third hit was a double, his tenth of the season, this coming at the expense of the Chicago White Sox. And I guess that's another way that the Hanley Ramirez situation becomes a little bit relevant because uh, Young had been in the lineup with Ramirez out. And normally you just would see Young in there, probably just against lefties. So uh, if you do see some late-breaking news uh, this afternoon, perhaps, that uh, Hanley Ramirez is not going to come back as soon as uh, it's been indicated, then it, particularly deeper leagues, Chris Young becomes uh, a nice option maybe for a little bit of power. But I'll repeat one more time. Red Sox do have a five-game week, so that just makes it all the more really of a, a deep league kind of situation for him. A couple of players who have really been on a hot streak since changing unis. Melky Cabrera, since becoming a Royal, is 8 for 25. So that's a 320 average. And in the second game 
of the Royals doubleheader with the Mariners yesterday. Cabrera went three for four and hit his 14th home run and his 19th double of the season. In the first game of that doubleheader, he went one for four. So overall, very nice day for Melky Cabrera. And again, just adding to a really solid start there with the Royals. Uh, I, you know, I figured that was going to be pretty much of a lateral move. Uh, you've got a team that probably or a lineup that's going to give Cabrera some more run producing opportunities. I don't really, for him, worry so much about the change in the venue because U.S. Cellular Field is generally, oh, on Sunday's show, I correctly referred to it as guaranteed rate field. I broke my streak of one. <laughs> streak broken. Sorry, guaranteed rate field. Very, very good uh, hit for power, uh, park for power hitters. Uh, Cabrera is not really enough of a fly ball hitter or a power hitter, I think, to be all that affected by that in the move to uh, to Kauffman Stadium, which is terrific for doubles and triples. That might be a little better suited to his game anyway. So certainly not a downgrade for Cabrera, and he's not disappointed since going to KC. Lucas Duda, since becoming a Ray, is hitting 323 and has a 463 on-base percentage. Small sample alert, of course. Uh, it's not been that long. He's only had 41 plate appearances with Tampa Bay. But in those 41 plate appearances, he's already hit three home runs. Didn't hit one on Sunday, but he did go two for four with his 23rd double of the season. So, Duda, there, now there's a player maybe you did have a little concern about moving to the trop, and that's always kind of a mixed bag with any player that goes to the AL East because uh, you've got a home park that's not one of the better ones in terms of power, but you've got three or, depending on how you look at it, four other parks in the division that are good for power. I'm qualifying the fourth one because Fenway is not uh, a great home run park, but it is the major league's best doubles park. So depending on your format, if it's a, say a points format, that could be a plus. But uh, regardless of uh, the venues, Lucas Duda has really been great so far as a member of the Tampa Bay Rays. Colton Wong has been really unsung this year, uh, but he's really picked it up. And not hitting for a lot of power, but maybe maybe it's premature to say this, but maybe he's finally kind of settling in to a, a certain type of hitting because with Wong, it seems like he's tried a few different things. I think it was two, I would say two seasons ago where he was saying that he really wanted to increase his power, and uh, at times he's shown good power. Uh, other times he's looked like maybe a potential stolen base threat. Uh, other times looked like maybe he was going to be somebody who was going to be mostly a contributor for batting average, and yet other times where looked like he wasn't going to hit for average at all. So it's been really hard to pin down, first of all, if Colton Wong is going to really be all that relevant in fantasy, and if so, how? Uh, but he went three for five on Sunday at the Reds. He hit his 19th double of the season, which is pretty impressive when you consider that uh, you know his playing time has been limited uh, somewhat by injury, somewhat just by manager's decision. Uh, but he has 210 plate appearances against righties this year. Not a whole lot against lefties. But against righties, he's been pretty lethal. He's hitting 295 now with a 383 on-base percentage and 18 doubles. So, as I mentioned, he has 19 doubles now in the season. Only one's come against a lefty, but he doesn't play all that often against lefties. 
But Wong, in a week where the Cardinals face a whole bunch of righties, he's somebody to consider, especially in a points league, given all the doubles that he has, all the walks, the very high OBP, or maybe if it's just an OBP format. Wong's got uh, more appeal than I certainly gave him credit for uh, coming into the season and, and maybe even as compared to two or three months ago. Now, on the other hand, his teammate, Matt Carpenter, he's been a source of frustration for a lot of owners, and he's he's universally owned. He's pretty much universally started. And I think now with, with two-thirds of the season, in the in a little more than that, actually, in the rearview mirror, it's uh, maybe time to, to think about alternatives to Matt Carpenter. I mean, it's not been a terrible year. It's just he's just not been quite the player I think a lot of us expected, where the power has been you know, on the rise for the last uh, year and a half coming into this year. Uh, this is somebody who you know, typically hit line drives, got on base a lot. But uh, there are some several warning signs for Matt Carpenter. So we're going to head to break. I'm going to leave you hanging on that one. When we come back, I'll uh, break down Matt Carpenter's season in a little bit more detail. So I'll be right back. Have you ever wanted to have a fantasy expert in the palm of your hand? Or better yet, in the pocket of your khakis? Well, check it out. Now you can. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Download it now to your phone. We promise no weird viruses, no strange tracking things. Just 24 hours a day, seven days a week of pure fantasy knowledge dropping all over your head. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Stop being a weirdo and streaming it online. Get it on your phone. Take it with you everywhere you go. Welcome back, everybody. You are listening to FanRag Fantasy Baseball. I'm your host, Al Melchior, and I may or may not be dancing a little bit in my seat here while I listen to this music. Uh, well, before we get back to Matt Carpenter, uh, i got to tell you that you, yes, you, can now take the world's premier 24-7 fantasy sports radio network that you are listening to this very moment. You can take it with you wherever you go. Just download the Fantasy Sports Radio app from the iTunes Store or on Google Play and listen for free anytime or anywhere. You can hear Tony Sincata on the treadmill, Benny Riccardi in the car, or Greg Sussman on the subway. Or relax with Scott Engel, the king, on your couch, or with Jake Seeley when you're jogging. We'll keep you updated and informed wherever you go. So get the Fantasy Sports Radio app for free right now in the iTunes Store or on Google Play, and take the experts with you. Now, do you want to take Matt Carpenter with you on your uh, active roster this week? Well, I I imagine most of you will, but uh, I just want to break down the season a little bit because uh, I I really like him a lot, but... um, you know, he's he's been a little bit, just a little bit of a disappointment to me. Um, and, and not to the point, again, where I've, I've been tempted to, to sit him or anything. But, you know, just kind of waiting and waiting and waiting week after week. You know, is is the power going to come in bigger numbers? Because he's, he's hitting a ton of fly balls. Uh, is, is that batting average going to improve? Uh, and it's sort of like he's, he's going for the power 
and the batting average is taking a hit, but he's not really getting that much of a payoff from it. Again, not a terrible season, but when you just consider the way he's trended for the last year or two, getting more and more fly ball friendly, uh, and the power, in fact, hasn't even really just leveled off. I mean, it's sort of receded a bit this year. Uh, I know the ISO at this point is under 200, where last year it was was over 200. But um, he, uh, you know, had a, a good enough game on Sunday against the Reds, went one for three with his second triple of the year. So certainly no complaints there. But, you know, kind of going going back and, and getting the, the wider angle picture here on Matt Carpenter, he's got some some career highs that aren't necessarily favorable. He's striking out at a 17% rate, which is not bad. But again, you know, it's by Carpenter's previous standards. It's the highest rate he's had in his career since his first season when he had just a handful of plate appearances. So really, we're talking full seasons here. Career high in strikeout rate. By far, a career high in fly ball rate. And again, that could be good or bad. If he had... Uh, you know, 25 home runs at this point, you'd be, you'd be saying, well, this is a good thing. <laughs> but given that, uh, you know, he's not really seen an uptick or even a leveling off of his power, the fly ball rate is doing him more harm than good as he's batting 247. And when you're sending half of your hit balls, not only in the air, but high in the air, uh, as opposed to line drives, it's it's going to hurt your batting average. But here's the thing that might explain why there's not more power, and also why the batting average is as low as it is. He has also set a career high for soft contact rate on fly balls of 16%. That obviously doesn't sound like a big number, but it's for him, it's a career high. Uh, now, can Carpenter reverse these things over the last two months of the season? Absolutely. Of course he can. The fly ball rate is so extreme, uh, you would expect, expect maybe some regression. And again, you may not necessarily view that as a good thing, but maybe if, if that got if that regressed just a bit, and maybe if also that soft contact rate on fly balls regressed just a bit, you'd get more bang for the buck. You'd see maybe some improvements in power and in batting average. But I don't know if that's going to happen. I don't. Maybe Matt Carpenter himself doesn't know. He probably doesn't actually. Uh, but at least it gives us an explanation for why he's just been a little bit off this season. When when you take more of a surface look at what's going on with Matt Carpenter, it seems like he should be having a much better season than what he's been having. So if you're waiting and waiting and waiting, that improvement this season, maybe it doesn't come. Uh, Manny Machado, you've probably been waiting and waiting and waiting. He recently had a 22-game stretch without a home run. Now he's had two out of his last three games with a home run, including on Sunday. Fantastic game for Machado against the Tigers. Went four for five. That included his 20th home run of the season and his 25th double. And this is sort of the you know, counter... Uh, uh, well, I, I can't think of the word. Uh, I'm sure you can think of it at home <laughs> while I'm blanking on it. But it's, it's the other road that Matt Carpenter could have taken or maybe could take over the last couple couple of months. Counterexample? Is that the word? Uh, so Machado, he is, you've waited and you've waited and waited on him, and, and with the kind of skills that he's shown over his career, and especially the last few seasons, you figured some kind of breakout was going to come. So it seems like he's he's 
maybe on the cusp of that. Or maybe Sunday's big game put him over the cusp. But I don't think Machado ever should have been sat, and definitely now, with some more signs of life from him, power-wise. Uh, there's absolutely no reason to even entertain that thought. I know a lot of owners, and myself included, have entertained the thought of Brian Dozier, setting Brian Dozier. And, in fact, I did more than entertain it. I've, I've sat him for uh, a few weeks recently, but he's back in my lineups. He's having a really nice second half so far, and it very much parallels last season where he had a, a very bad first about two and a half months and then just went bananas the rest of the season. Now, in that case, there was a health-related explanation for what was going on uh, where he was uh, coming off of a hip injury. I'm not sure what the explanation is for Dozier having an even more prolonged slump to start this year. Although, again, not terrible, just enough to the degree where you could have sat him, you know, come come June or, or early July. But uh, Dozier hit his 20th home run of the season on Sunday against the Rangers. And now for the second half, he's batting 271 with seven home runs in just 20 games. And while 271 might not sound like great shakes, I'm very happy as a Brian Dozier owner to have him hit 271 over a 20-game period because his whole profile just screams out 250 hitter. Um, he doesn't strike out a ton, but he is one of the most notorious pole hitters in the major leagues. So uh, anytime he can get over 250, I'm thrilled with that because I want Brian Dozier for the run production and the power and maybe a little bit of speed. And um, the 271 to me is just, just icing on the cake. I don't know if he'll even maintain that. And to be honest, I don't care as long as it doesn't get too far below, uh, say, 240 or 250. Uh, he did leave Sunday's game early with an illness. So uh, I don't know if that's going to be something that lingers for Dozier or not. But um, the Twins do host the Brewers tonight. That's uh, Irvin Santana and Brett Suter. So um, that's another lineup to just keep your eyes open for. But uh, I, I'm going to start Dozier this week. I'd say unless I don't... Uh, you know, don't see him in that lineup. That might give me some pause. But uh, and if I don't see him in the lineup, I'd probably do a little Twitter search and and see what's going on with that. But uh, the, it seems to be safe to start Dozier this week, and you're going to want him in your lineup because he's been hot. Chad Pender also uh, in a much shorter span has been hot. On Sunday, he went four for five with his tenth home run of the season and his twelfth double. This against the Angels. And I'm not sure what, what Pinder's uh, status is necessarily going to be uh, long-term. He's played a little bit in the outfield uh, for Oakland lately. But um, you know, I'm not sure what Matt Joyce's status is uh, coming off of the, the two-game suspension. So uh, I would think that Pinder could stay in the lineup, especially now that he's, he's swinging a hot bat. Maybe it comes at the, the expense of Rajay Davis. Uh, I'm not really sure there, but, um, you know, definitely somebody that, that's got to be owned in deeper leagues. Really, really nice power source. And I think there's a good chance down the stretch here he gets playing time, just like with uh, Matt Olson, who's uh, expected to be called up. And, and Bob Melvin was saying that they traded Yonder Alonso yesterday primarily to give Olson the opportunity to play every day. So if they're doing that, it would seem to me that 
Chad Pinder is going to play pretty regularly. I, again, I'm not exactly sure how that's going to happen, but I think it's going to happen. So take note. Uh, staying with the A's, Chris Davis uh, got off the power schneid. He hit his 29th home run yesterday, which was a critical homer in that game as the, the A's came back and beat the Angels. He hit that one off of Blake Parker, uh, who has, for the most part, been tremendous this year. Uh, part of a two-for-five game for Davis. And over his previous 12 games, Davis hit just 170 without a home run. Now, for a, most hitters, 12 games without a home run is, is no cause for alarm. And I would say it wasn't a cause for alarm with Davis either, who could be a little bit streaky. But uh, that was, I think, basically just a little bit of regression for him. Uh, no worries there. And if you want a reassurance, that home run off of Blake Parker uh, should go a long way towards uh, making you feel better about putting Davis in your lineup. Uh, Bud Norris, by the way, came in, followed Parker in that game, and gave up two, gave up two more runs blew the save so just adding to the troubles that bud norris has had this year um i'm not sure if there's going to be a change there i expect there would with parker having a bad game too and cam bedrosian pitching more in middle relief lately i don't know what to make of that situation i suppose i would speculate on bedrosian but i'm not especially hopeful of any of those candidates uh sort of like uh, the situation minnesota which I'll get to a little bit later in the show. So that's a wrap on some of the hitting performances from Sunday. When I come back from break, I'm going to be joined by Arianne Dolan. Should be a very, very fun segment, so I hope you'll join me for that. I'm going to be right back. It's me, Joe Pizzapia, best-selling author of the Fantasy Black Book series. And right now, you can get the 2017 Fantasy Football Black Book on Amazon as we speak. What are you waiting for? You can get it for ebook, for your Kindle, or for paperback. And it's not just me this year. No, I brought in some friends. I got Jake Seeley. I got Sammy Reed. I got Gary Davenport. I got championships, and they're waiting for you. Find out why the Fantasy Black Book is number one best-selling in fantasy sports for the 10th straight time. You know why? Because once you go Black Book, you never go back. Welcome back, everybody. You are listening to FanRag Fantasy Baseball. I'm your host, Al Melchior. And uh, this is the part of the show where I get to be joined by a special guest. Very, very excited about this. Uh, formerly of NBC Sports California. Uh, you almost certainly know her from Twitter. One of my favorite people on Twitter. And not just because she has a Rhodesian Ridgeback. Erin uh, Dolan, thank you so much for joining the show. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I didn't know you had a Ridgeback. Yep. Uh, well, unfortunately, she, she did pass away last year, but uh, oh, Trixie was a great dog. Okay, well, I'm glad we got to start this off uh, talking about a dog <laughs> that passed away last year. I'm so glad. I was, I was worried we wouldn't get to bring up a dog that passed away today. <laughs> well, no, no worries, Aaron. <laughs> we, have, we have cleared the hurdle. <laughs> you truly are one of my favorite people. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. Well, even it's by the fact that, uh, yeah, uh, you uh, made me bring up uh, uh, Trixie on uh, uh, our show here. You, you, you remain <laughs> one of my favorite people on Twitter. Uh, I'm trying very hard well, not to have so a. Uh, you're very welcome. Uh, Try not to have a Chris Farley moment here and say, "Well, you remember that time when <laughs> you and Sean uh, did awesome. that Star Wars thing in the car? That was awesome." <laughs> uh, <laughs> 
But uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, Aaron, uh, not only uh, formerly of uh, NBC Sports California, uh, also uh, her fiance is Sean Doolittle, who, if you're listening to this show, you, you might know a thing or two about. Um, and I'll certainly get uh, to some things uh, about you and Sean. But um, uh, I have, uh, I'm a little bit curious about uh, something that I just learned today. I always just thought you were somebody on Twitter who happened to be funny. But it turns out you you you've been professionally no, that's funny. The, that's the no, that's the extent of my personality. Is I exist entirely within Twitter, just in the internet. <laughs> but but well, no, you're on I the show. It is internet, internet radio. Yes. <laughs> no, no, it doesn't translate well to radio, does it? No, I, I did exist before I met Sean. Believe it or not, I did exist, and I was doing you know writing professionally. I was you know trying to break into the comedy world. I was really young at the time, so I was you know basically sort of slinging monologue jokes to late night shows and you know they they pay seven dollars a joke and it may or may not get aired um so that was always a lot of fun for me to do um that was just kind of like a side job that i was doing i was punching up you know some comedy scripts some spec scripts things like that and uh yeah that's how i i sort of was working in the comedy world before uh yeah well and you had somebody you worked with in that realm that i did yeah Yes. Well, this is a sports <laughs> show, so I assume you also know Brandon McCarthy. Um, yeah, he was at the time, I think I forget what year this was. It was it was several years ago. Um, I think it was like 2012. He was still with the A's at the time. Um, he was thinking of possibly developing a pilot for uh, a show, sort of a comedy show about minor league baseball life. And I don't want to give away too much. This is patent pending. So if I ever see this show on TV, I know that one of your listeners stole this idea. But um, it, the idea was that, you know, it would just sort of follow sort of an office meets hard knocks type show. And uh, and so he, he was looking around, he was sort of shopping writers. Um, and he, he put together a couple people and I was one of them. And that's actually how I happened to meet Sean um, was through Brandon. They were, they were teammates and Sean had just gotten called up. Um, so you know, I was able to make sure that he wasn't sort of catfishing me. I'd have Brandon to vouch for him, <laughs> which is always fun. Well, that's a really, really cool story. Again, one I wasn't aware of uh, until uh, just hours ago. Uh, so, yeah, when you, yeah. you met Sean, he was he had barely converted to pitcher at that point. He uh, was, yes, like. he was he was mid conversion, and uh, he had just gotten called up. And I, you know, Brandon said, "You're gonna you're gonna like this teammate." I said, "What's his name?" He said, "Sean Doolittle." I said, "It sounds made up to me. That's a fake name." <laughs> But uh, so it worked out and we're getting married in January. So, well, c- congratulations. Uh, Thank you. Very, very awesome. Uh, <laughs> well, you. you got a lot going on, uh, just in addition to that, yeah. of course, uh, with, with Sean just being traded uh, within the last couple of weeks. But, uh, yeah. you know, knowing you again through through social media primarily, uh, and the one thing that's just always struck me is the bond that you seem to have with A's fans. So, it, yeah. Uh, you know, now that you're, you know, starting to, you know, become a part of another baseball community, uh, looking back on your time in Oakland, I mean, how unique was that? Um, you know, what, what are the, the oh, things that, you know, you're going to take with you? I think it was the best possible opportunity to have um, with Oakland. It was all we ever knew. So it was nice to sort of start. It was a great place to start. And I really wish, you know, that someday we can go back there at some point, you know, I, I don't want to, you know, 
rankle anybody by saying that. I don't. I don't mean any disrespect to Washington. I actually I love it here, but um, I really do miss the fans a lot. Um, we were able to do a lot of things. Um, Sean and I were able to do a lot of things for the community, and it would not have happened without Ace fans participating and you know taking part and really you know forgive the sports pun, but taking the ball and running with it, you know, we, we wouldn't have been able to do anything for the community without them. And, you know, they're, they're just a lot of fun. I, I don't know if you get a chance to talk to many um, ACE fans, but, you know, the Coliseum, you know, people have their opinions about it. But the cool thing about ACE fans is you're not at the Coliseum unless you really love baseball. You're not an ACE fan unless you love baseball, unless you love the A's that, you know. And so when you're there, there might be a thousand people in the stands. But it feels like there are 40,000 every game. You know, there's there's trumpets and there's mariachi and there's drums. And it's just it's an environment sort of unlike anything else um, that I've encountered in baseball. And I've been to a lot of stadiums. Um, that said, I, I do love the Nationals organization as well. And the fan base is really incredible. Um, I, I was surprised by how quickly um, they sort of embraced Sean and to a lesser extent my weirdness. <laughs> well, uh you know, I mean, it's, it just sounds like you had an incredible, uh, you know, bond with, with people. And uh, yeah. I'm guessing that's not that, that common. Um, but, uh, you know, I don't know. Been... I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I would hope that it is. But I think in an organization like Oakland where, you know, I, I can see it going both ways just because, you know, fans might not want to get attached to a player that much just because of the way that the front office sort of operates, which is, you know, a good and bad thing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, they want to, they want to, be a part of the team, the name, as they say, on the front of the jersey, not the back. But, you know, Sean and I, it was really, I, I think it was, exce- you know, an exception. But, you know, they, A fans are just really great. And I'm, I was grateful that the national fans are, are really very, very similar. So what was that experience like with the trade rumors, you know, long preceding the actual <laughs> trade? Uh, I can't yeah, even imagine well, you what know, that's like. <laughs> Having said that, I, I live in the internet. Um, I was getting tweets, gosh, from like mid June. I want to say as soon as Sean came off the deal in like May or whenever that was, every day I was getting tweets saying, "I heard you're going to the Nationals. I heard you're going to the Rangers. This, that, that and the other." And you know, everybody. It was none of it was legit. You know, it was all just a fan speculating or whatever it was. And but everything, you know, I, I didn't know whether to take it not seriously at all or everything I had to take entirely seriously. So some guy with 12 followers and no avatar picture on Twitter, I was like, how do maybe he has a scoop? I don't know. Like, so <laughs> it's happened before. Was I was like, I was like, I'm already packing up my housework. I don't know what to do. So, you know, we, over the all-star break, we, we kind of had a sense that it could possibly happen, but we didn't know when, and we certainly didn't know where. And um, so we thought at least we would have until July 31st or whatever the deadline was this year. Um, but uh, it happened very quickly after the all-star break. So over the all-star break, we sort of sketched out a bunch of contingency plans. I- I'm a big list maker. And so is Sean. Um, so we just said, okay, if this happens here and you're in Toronto and it happens, you'll fly home. I'll be here. And it turned out ending up, have you ever seen a beautiful mind where they go into the shed in the back and he's got all these like papers on the wall and there's like, you know, yarn connecting dots all over. And it just was like, crazy plan making and we finally had to just let it go and say we'll just go wherever so that was probably a good choice yeah you know it, it, it took care of itself uh, you know as, as things in yeah. life tend to do so uh yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh well uh 
one one of the other ways, uh, Aaron, I've, I've you know become familiar with uh, you know your writing, not just in, in for 140 characters at a time, but um, you know yeah. for a long time you've had a, a blog. I mean, you still have it. Uh, uh, yeah. Thank you, baseball. And mm-hmm. um, uh, are you planning on uh, continuing to post with that with all the the different things you have going on? Yeah, I, I would I would like to hope that um, come this off season or maybe later in the season, I'll be able to post a little bit more um, regularly. You know, as a, as a writer who sort of does it professionally, it's hard to take carve time out to do it. You know, for free. Not that I'm trying to plug myself for somebody to pay me to do it. Um, I don't think I don't think anyone's interested in doing that. But uh, you know, I really like being able to share this life and experience with fans and, you know, let people know it's not like the shows that you see on, you know, TV. It's not like those, you know, where the women are flying private jets and they're wearing jewelry and all this. I'm flying Southwest C group. Like, you know, it's not as glamorous. I, there's absolutely no complaints. I wouldn't change anything for anything. Um, but it's, it's just not what I think people imagine. And when I was a kid, I used to, I was a, I grew up a White Sox fan. I used to think the players like slept at the stadium and like, I had no idea. I thought they like went home in their jerseys and like their, like their wife or they washed them at home. And like, there's just so much things that I didn't know. And talking to people around baseball, even my mom who knows we've been doing this for, you know, six seasons. And even she's like, you know, I, I was telling her a story one time about how Sean got pulled over once for like a, a, uh, expired tag or something and he was on the way to the field and the police officer pulled him over so I'm telling my mom the story she said why didn't the police officer let him go I said why would why would he she said well wasn't he in his jersey and I said what why would he be why would he be driving to the field in his jersey <laughs> what do you think you know no they have a washing machine at the Oakland Coliseum believe it or not mom so <laughs> you know it was things like that like little things that people you know I thought would want to know. Um, so I hope to be able to share those sort of little things with the public, you know, via my blog or Twitter or me yelling on a street corner. It doesn't really matter. However, people want to receive it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, well, I'll be uh, looking forward to uh, any future posts uh, that you have. I'll be checking it. Uh, and, uh, everybody should, uh, if you aren't already, yeah, that's right. That's right. Sit in front of it and also (laughs) check uh, at Aaron Dolan on Twitter. Thank you so much, Aaron, for joining me. Thanks, Al. I appreciate it. All right. Well, uh, got a lot more coming uh, on the show, so stick around. Be right back. Have you ever wanted to have a fantasy expert in the palm of your hand? Or better yet, in the pocket of your khakis? Well, check it out. Now you can. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Download it now to your phone. We promise no weird viruses, no strange tracking things. Just 24 hours a day, seven days a week of pure fantasy knowledge dropping all over your head. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Stop being a weirdo and streaming it online. Get it on your phone. Take it with you everywhere you go. Welcome back. You're listening to FanRag Fantasy Baseball. I'm your host, Al Melchior. And once again, I'd like to thank Aaron Dolan for uh, joining us for that last segment. And uh, ran a little bit short on time, uh, but I'd had some back and forth on email with her earlier in the day. And so one thing I was hoping uh, to, to get her to, to say, but uh, ran out of time. Uh, she said her only piece of advice to people who play fantasy baseball is to never, ever, 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 ever 
tweet an athlete spouse asking them if they should add or drop the athlete in their league. She said, ha ha, you have no idea how often this happens. And she's right. I would not have expected that would be a big thing. So uh, one final uh, parting shot, uh, even though she's not here, uh, from from Aaron Dolan. Also didn't get her uh, get a chance to ask her about the weather in D.C., uh, but what I do have from Roto Grinders and Chief Meteorologist Kevin Roth is that there will be a 12% chance of precipitation at game, game time at 7.05 uh, for tonight's tilt against the Miami Marlins. Uh, the chance of rain does go up slightly after game time, but that's probably the one you need to watch the most tonight, but obviously not a huge chance of precipitation there. So it looks like you, for the most part, should be good to go with the, the lineup of your choice. Uh, now, this has been a show uh, very heavy on hitting, light on pitching, uh, kind of making up for Sunday's show where it was all about the pitching, uh, but few uh, pitching performances from Sunday of note. Uh, try to get to as many of those as I can in the remaining, oh, about two minutes that I have left here. But um, Hunjin Ryu, another great start. In fact, this is now back-to-back starts where he's gone seven innings and not allowed a run, this time against the Mets with eight strikeouts and one hit, no walks. Last one was against the Giants. So this is, uh, I think, a little bit of a tougher test for Ryu. But, uh, you know, the biggest impediment to starting him in fantasy is whether uh, he's going to be starting for the Dodgers long-term because they have such a crunch now with uh, the addition of, of you Darvish. Uh, we, there was a big showdown in Coors Field, a pitching duel in Coors Field. The Aaron Nola side of that is not too shocking. He now has nine straight quality starts with a 1.76 ERA over that span. He's shaping into that elite pitcher that it looked like he was going to be early in 2016 before uh, health issues derailed him. Uh, but Jeff Hoffman on the other side of that He's had now had two straight quality starts at home against the Phillies and before that against the Mets. Hmm, Mets are the common link here uh, between Jeff Hoffman and Hunjin Ryu for whatever that's worth. But eight strikeouts against the Phillies, just one run allowed over seven innings for Hoffman, four hits, one walk. Uh, last two starts, the, the common link, a lot of ground balls. And that was my biggest concern about Hoffman earlier in the year when he was going extremely well as how is a high fly ball rate going to play long-term in Coors Field? The answer for a while was not very well, but if he can continue to get grounders like this, uh, he's going to be right there with Herman Marquez as kind of an intriguing option. Jake Junis went eight innings, only giving up one run against the Mariners, seven strikeouts and no walks in that one, and uh, not had not been really all that effective for the Royals before, but he had had a really nice season at AAA Omaha with a 30% strikeout rate. Um, so it'd be interesting to see if maybe he can make that translate this time around. And Jamison Tyone uh, turning things around against the Padres. Is it the pitcher or the matchup? Hard to tell when you face the Padres, but at least he did much better this time around than his uh, previous couple of starts. And uh, just a quick, quick note, Matt Belisle getting the save for the Twins who are now in a closer committee situation so a very abrupt wrap up here but a lot to cram in so thank you so much for joining me today i will be back again same time tomorrow so look forward to seeing you then stay tuned for on target